Wherein the folk is not and should not be viewed as a news source. Any information discussed is purely speculative and should not be viewed as an allegation. Due to the nature of evolving information, wherein the folk is not responsible for content accuracy of any information discussed and shall not be responsible for any decisions made based on such information. By continuing to watch this video, you acknowledge and understand that this is made for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to another episode of Where in the Folk. Um, before we get started, how's your week been, Tully? Pretty good. Pretty good. Didn't you say somebody was leaving, like, shit posting comments? I don't know. The last time. I can't even remember what it was. I don't remember either, but uh, my week's been okay. Anyway, so this didn't happen. It did and didn't happen this week. Like, there's, it seems like it just keeps gaining momentum. Um I think it actually happened like close to a week ago and I'm going to pull it back up here. I had it closed. Um, so they released a man who is a cannibal. And by they, I mean our wonderful institution of imprisonment. I'm, I'm just going to get into how all of this happened. So, this man killed and ate a person who, uh -huh. from what I was reading, was homeless. Um, he ate his, this is graphic, he ate his brains and his eyeballs and drank it down with sake. Um, his name is Tyree Smith, and he is from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, this horrific case made headlines Um in 2011 and 12, and he was found guilty by a reason. Well, I'm sorry. He was found not guilty by a reason of insanity at a 2013 trial. And um, instead of being put behind bars, they sentenced him to state psychiatric to the insane asylum for 60 years. Um, but now... 10 years after he killed this person and ate his brains, um, the state security review board said that he's ready to transition back to society. Do they talk about how old he is? Like, do we know his age or anything? Like, I'm... it doesn't get into his age, but looking at the picture, like, if you Google Tyree Smith cannibal, you're going to get, um, a picture for his mugshot and his trial pictures. And he looks like he might've been close to 30 or in his thirties already in 2012. So I'm going to guess probably about 40. Well, I mean, so they're basically saying he's reformed with medication. Um, yeah. Yeah. Horrific crime for sure. But I mean, people's emotions change maybe he won't slaughter somebody else and eat their brains yeah i mean that's always possible but and you get into a lot of what about is in there and i'm conflicted as well because our prison system and our justice system has nothing like that other than just your standard parole and 
I, I mean, yes, killers do get parole, but there are people who are serving life sentences in prison for a lot less than cannibalism. A lot less, yeah. Like drugs, even. Yeah. Um. So I do struggle with that a lot because you have nonviolent life sentences that don't even they can't even get a parole hearing or be taken seriously in parole. But then you have this cannibal that's suddenly cured after 10 years of meds and psychiatric help. Not knocking that. No. I, I I think that that some people deserve other chances. Some people, depending on the crime, do not deserve chances. But um, the board said in its report that Tyree Smith is an individual with a psychiatric illness requiring care, custody, and treatment. Since his last hearing, he has continued to demonstrate clinical stability. He is medication compliant, actively engaged in all recommended forms of treatment, and has been symptom-free for many years. Mm. Now, the one thing that I do kind of take, like, he's in a group home now. And that's not, I don't believe that's permanent. So at some point, he's going to be independent. And the only checks and balances in place they're going to be checking to make sure that um, he's getting his meds. And then they made him promise <laughs> to inform them if he ever starts hearing voices again. Could you imagine if they would have done that with like Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer, like the big names? Like, no, you got a promise, bud. Or even Merit, like, <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, Sorry, Manson, Charles Manson. He never even technically killed anybody. No. And died in prison. Yeah, but uh, Manson was a CIA. True. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, the whataboutism there, you know, you're letting this guy out who murdered somebody and ate their brains. But then, you know, you've got the comparative there. Marilyn Manson, who was also a quote-unquote killer who never killed anybody, and he died in prison as an old man with with no redemption, and same with his crew, um, the nonviolent crew. But during the trial, Smith's cousin, Nicole Rabb, who is the whole reason he went to jail to begin with, um, so his cousin claimed that he arrived at her Connecticut home in a frenzy in December 2011 talking about Greek gods and ruminating about needing to go out and get blood. And when she saw him the next day, she noticed what appeared to be blood spatter all over his pants. And he was carrying chopsticks and a bloody ax. Um, he then told her that he killed a man, ate his brains in the Lakeview cemetery while drinking sake and grimly warned that he intended to eat more people. Uh, a month later, police found Angel Gonzalez's mutilated body in a vacant apartment on uh, in Bridgeport where Smith had lived as a child and it was discovered by a mortgage inspector who was inspecting the property. Um, police later recovered the bloody axe and an empty bottle of sake in a stream bed near the Boston Avenue Cemetery. So yeah. Uh, That's pretty intense. Yeah. He told it told his cousin the blows to his head were so severe that he was able to remove an eye from the man's head 
along with pieces of the brain matter and a piece of his skull that's from the arrest warrant. And when he was arrested, um, he admitted seeing the body and said there were no eyes in it. Um, he, he claimed that he didn't touch the body though at that point. So um, long story short, the defense Ended up, I think I was. I read that he was either going to get like sixty years in prison or laugh in a psychiatric ward, and they ended up giving him sixty years in in the insane asylum. And now they're letting him out after ten. And at the time during the trial, what got him that? Um, they said that he posed a significant danger to himself and the community. Uh, psychiatric social worker Julie Jacobs testified during the trial. And she was concerned that there's an expectation um, that he would do this to other people if he was allowed free. And that's that's basically on the advice of someone who went to Yale. Um, And she added that he went to Subway after eating the guy. Um, He did not experience cravings, but stated that if they were to arise – he would reach out to the hospital and the community support that this is, this is after he was let loose this past week or the week before he went to subway after eating somebody, but he went into descriptives. Like he said that the eyes were like oysters and yeah. I mean, it got bad. <laughs> oh my. Um, insane. Like, and what terrifies me is like, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of people walking around that, are in this same mindset, and a lot of them have acted on it. Like, yeah, any given time, they say there's 20 to 25 serial killers. Yeah. And at any given time, you walk past at least uh, at least one murderer in your life and just didn't know it. Like, well, he, he, he also tried to kill himself while he was in, in there. So, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm conflicted on this kind of stuff because you know people who there are people out there who deserve second chances that are just locked into the system for nonviolent crimes but I'm not I can't sit here and say that this is the right way to handle this no I couldn't agree I I couldn't agree with the release like and it's not our place to make the choice but it's such a horrific thing like even if you are on meds now that's like having somebody print pinky swear like, Hey, now if you snap again, come on back, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, I, it's like, a <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, put a, you know, we're not talking about putting a dollar in the egg basket at the farm, you know, <laughs> like this guy could seriously, I mean, what if he gets out and kills somebody's family mm-hmm. member again, you know, like this family, I especially feel is being disrespected. The family of Angel. Yeah. Um, that's gotta be a huge blow. Like if that were my dad, yeah, and you're saying you're letting this guy out who ate his brains. Yeah. Like I would have to have a huge problem with that. For sure. That's so crazy. Um I really hope that we don't hear anything else about him in the future. Me too. Me too. I uh I don't know, man. Like, uh, it's hard. It's a hard topic, That's but, but we couldn't not talk about it because 
I mean, you're not seeing anything about it really from regular sources. And this, like back in the day, this would have been like earth shattering news. Yeah. Well, there's too much else. There's too much other craziness going on. Uh, I don't know, man. The, the world is falling apart. Well, that 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 is a good segue. That was a pretty spooky story. <laughs> Just a different kind of spooky, but we are still in spooky October, so we're going to get into some ghost stories here in a minute. Yeah, we'll get into some good old-fashioned fun ghost stories for sure. I'm that one right there, man. Like the, I just can't see the rationale behind it. Like, of course, I'm not a medical professional, but like you said, there's people serving life in prison for bells of weed, and weed is legal in um a lot of states now. Like, well, I think what uh, it's a technicality in the law in the legal system. So how he's getting out. Whenever you acknowledge by reason of insanity, you're saying that that person was basically being remote controlled, like that he wasn't the one that killed that person. Yeah. So, so they're saying that because they said he was not guilty by reason of insanity, and now that he's better, that he's still not guilty in the eyes of the law. Maybe not in the eyes of man, but in the eyes of the law and our legal system, it's twisted like that to where once they said not guilty by reason of insanity, he isn't legally guilty. Well, I mean, I'm somebody with mental health issues and I can, I've never had them to this extreme, but like there are days where you don't feel like yourself, you know what I mean? Like you, you feel like you don't really like it. There's days where I feel like I don't exist as myself, like as my normal self, like I'm somebody different. So I guess I can kind of see for it from that angle, but that's still pretty horrific. Like, and just the brutality of it was rough. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, if, if that were you yeah, and you committed those acts, you'd be like, okay, I need to be gone, like yeah. locked up somewhere. Yeah. If it was me personally, I would probably call it on myself. I'd be like, yeah, I probably don't need to be out anymore. Cause I can't guarantee you I won't do this again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like he said in his trial, he didn't care who it was. Like, yeah. it's not like he was looking for a specific type of person. It could have snapped on anybody. Kids. Well, moving on. <laughs> Happy October. Happy October. Do you want to tell the last dance with Mary Virginia, or do you want me to? I've just talked for half of the show. I'll let you. Well, let's get ready to hear some <laughs> So this is a little ditty. I like the title, Last Dance with Mary Virginia. Spooky. Spooky. And these are the ghost stories that we'll be telling do come from Kentucky because Kentucky is close to my heart. So in the mid 19th century, Haroldsburg, Kentucky, a beautiful young woman by the mid 19th century standards. Could you imagine? Uh, she, she I think women in the 1800s were elegant, dude. She with the dresses walked, and the she probably, whatever the corsets are. She probably walked in with big old beard, like, hey, fellas, that would have been like the dark ages or something. 
So she checked into the Harnsburg Spring Hotel for the nightly ball, which was hosted by the hotel. They had a ball every. So she night. definitely had nice, like elegant clothes on. She's going to the ball, dude. Cinderella, yeah, for sure. And that the at this particular time in Kentucky, the ladies did not travel in the deep south because of the dangers in southern Kentucky at the time. But this beautiful young lady checked in under the name of Mary Virginia Stafford of Louisville, all, all alone. So she had traveled some time to get there. And the clerk grew suspicious because she only had one suitcase. Mary noticed that they were suspicious, so she explained that her parents would be chicken in later with the rest of her bags. Now she was so beautiful, even before making her way up the stairs, a plethora of suitors had asked Mary to dance at the ball. And after supper, Mary emerged into the ballroom wearing a skirt, a striking evening gown. <laughs> I like the way I wrote this. <laughs> Without a lack of suitors, Mary danced the night away, only to catch in a breath during brief intermissions. Having the time of her life, Mary said, I'm having such a wonderful time. I wish I could stay here forever. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, you should read audiobooks. <laughs> and that's a wish that would definitely come true. The hotel manager announced, Hey, now, this is the last dance. And Mary took it to the floor with her last partner. And before the song would conclude, Mary collapsed dead in his arms. So, very soon after, the hotel manager found that Mary had provided a false name and a fake identity. And information about the mysterious young lady was requested in the local newspaper. No information was found, and Mary was buried on the edge of the city park with a slab reading, Unknown, hollowed and hushed be the place of the dead. Step softly, bow head. So even after the hotel burned down many years ago, stories still arise of the girl in the ball dress walking the grounds. A nurse in the 1950s states that she was approached by a young woman who was in distress. In the, not, in the 1950s? In the 1950s, yeah. So it, this all happened in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And it carries over to this day. So this girl was distressed, stating that she had been in a ball and cannot find her way back. To this day, if you go to the grounds of the where the hotel used to stand... You may get one last dance with Mary Virginia. Now, something that was really cool about this story when I found it. In 2003, rumors began to surface that Mary was actually somebody named Molly Black from Laurel County, which is where I reside. Weird. That is weird. That hasn't been confirmed, though. That's kind of a creepy story from uh, Kentucky. And, it's, and apparently, sightings of her is pretty prominent. Like it happens quite often, even, even in Louisville and Harrodsburg, wherever that's at. Harrodsburg's like in Lexington. Yeah. Yeah. She came from Louisville, is what she originally told him, but she lied. She, no. Okay. I thought the ball was in Louisville. So the ball was in Harrodsburg. Yeah. It was in Harrodsburg. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's strange, man. It is strange. I mean, that's one of those classic stories because all the good, like, ghost stories I found that we're going to be covering and talking about the rest of the month are all from like the 19th century, mid 19th century. Well, yeah. you have to think it was probably a lot more active. The ghosts were probably more active before all these electrical waves were flying through the air all the time. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Like, and that all, all this electric and stuff has taken away our third eye essentially to where we could probably see things that were not in our current realm a lot better. Dude, I've been hearing some crazy stuff like people saying that um, stuff that they literally dream about now is showing up in targeted ads. I believe it. Um, I, I had a dream of somebody with big old titties and a beard and for sure it popped up on my Facebook. <laughs> You're stupid. Oh, man. Well, do you want to get into another one? Yeah, if you want to tell, you want to tell one. Yeah, I can do it. Um, let me find the. You want to do John Rowan's clumsy tombstone, or uh, Annie? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> so this is the story of John Rowan's clumsy tombstone. Um, so John Rowan was one of the South's most prominent statesmen in the first half of the 1800s. He was a very sickly child whose journey into adulthood was in question to begin with. But aside from being a, he ended up being a high profile politician. Um, Rowan was a cousin to a composer, Stephen Foster, who wrote my old Kentucky home, which is the state song. Yeah. Um, and Oh, Susanna. I'm not, uh, and I dream of Jeannie with lot brown hair. I've never heard of that one. I've heard of Oh Susanna in my Kentucky home. I dream of Jeannie with lot brown hair is a motherfucking jam. Well, I'll tell you what's not a jam is my old Kentucky home. That is not a certified banger. <laughs> and it's our state song. <laughs> but so he had the highest form of privilege at the time, but he was not immune to tragedy. Um, after making some intense comments about his friend, Dr. James Chambers, wife. Um, Towen is Towen the wife's name? No, I just uh, that's called a uh, mistype. Oh. <laughs> oh, I got you. So basically, he said something about Dr. Chambers's wife, and then they uh settled things in a duel. Uh, Chambers did not survive. Um, a cholera outbreak took the lives of 26 of uh, oh, Rowan was a slave yeah. owner, yeah. So I guess a, Rowan's had a bunch of slaves and 26 of them died in cholera, mm -hmm. um, as well as four members of his immediate family, including his son, John. Uh, before Rowan passed away in July of 1843, he advised his family he did not want a tombstone as his parents didn't have one, his family, not feeling it proper to leave his final resting place unmarked, decided to erect an obelisk uh, at Federal Hill Cemetery where uh, Rowan was laid to rest. A couple days later, the obelisk topped over. Masons at the time um, thought it may have been due to shifting ground, or which concrete's complicated like that. So that makes sense, but... Rumors begin to spread throughout the town that he was actually angry that they put up a tombstone. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, after the rumors started, stonemasons refused to fix it. Yeah, because it just fell over time after time after time and just kept falling. So uh, cemetery staff was left to do the repairs, and seeing it in vain, they stopped replying or trying to repair the damage. Um, 
and I guess it just lays there today. Yeah. Yeah. Could it just be background or has Ron dedicated his afterlife to ensuring his final wishes were carried out? That's dedication. That is dedication. Like I kind of get it. Um, when I, when I die, I just want to be chucked in the ditch. Well, that's not sanitary though. Eh, it depends on which ditch it is. Like, just throw me in there. Let's, let's be done with it. Save all kinds of money by a $10 blanket. So, um, that I'm, I've had a good time tonight, as you could probably tell. Yeah. The, the first half was a little intense, but now that we're getting into some spooky stories, I guess that's how we'll format it. Like if anything comes up, we'll just first half we'll dedicate to craziness and second half we'll tell some lot ghost stories. Ghost stories for the rest of October. So anyway, uh you can catch us every Friday night live at Weird Realities Network on YouTube, Facebook. And those are where you can interact with us. Uh, we are on the show called Weird Awakenings live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And if you're watching this on October the 13th or the 14th before 8 p.m. at 8 p.m. on the 14th. Yeah, 8 p.m. Uh, or today, we, whenever this goes Yeah, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be doing Folk and Weird on Weird Realities Graveyard Tour. Mm-hmm. Um we're looking at the third largest cemetery in America tomorrow. Now these are not paranormal investigative episodes. Now if we found if we see something, it'd be cool. We not yeah. pretty much any of this. It's just us watching Tolly walk around the graveyard and learning about some history and seeing yeah. and remembering some people. Uh, hopefully not just me at some point. But <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing graveyard tours. We're looking at history and um, we did have a couple weird experiences at this graveyard that we'll get into, but uh, who knows what we caught on camera. And if you're anywhere near the Somerset or Pulaski County area tomorrow or today, October 14th, between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., they're going to be having what's known as the Cumberland Con at the at the Paranormal Museum over there. So swing on by. Uh, I just like that place so much. I really want to stay alive. So I want people to go there. They don't pay us or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, they're struggling right now. I think on a new location. So swing on by. But anyway, uh, thank you for watching us because we're watching you.